0: hello everyone welcome to our podcast the little women we are three best friends who wanted to create a platform to communicate with an audience similar to our age teenagers we discuss relevant topics from significant movements to simple teenage issues that feel like the end of the world be on the lookout for our special guest episodes to hear about all the different kinds of people who have taken their time to not only educate us but also you guys giving an endearing insight into their lives
1: In today's episode, me and Jaylan spoke to Rachel and Lauren, who were traveling across the world full time until they had to return seven months in due to the coronavirus pandemic. They tell us all about their experiences traveling, from their recommendations to safety tips, as well as explaining how they managed to fund their new travel lifestyle after leaving their full time jobs. Not only this, but they decided to take their knowledge to social media in order to help others plan their travels and make the most of their time away. Without further ado, let's get on into it. So, thank you for joining us on today's episode. Could you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do?
2: Well, our names are Rachel and Lauren. Uh, we have been best friends since we were 12. We met in German class in middle school in sixth grade, and we've always uh, loved travel. We've always wanted to travel. We lived together in college and uh, we would go on yearly trips together um, until I visited Lauren in Chicago one time.
3: And we, um, I was kind of working the corporate life and really feeling down about myself and was really thinking about traveling the world and I really didn't want to do it alone and I knew exactly who I needed to take with me. So I asked Rachel if she would travel the world with me um, it was really scary from my perspective. I felt like I was like going through a marriage proposal, but, uh, it's, she said, yeah, I <laughs> So <I'm>, nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was,
2: I kept, I, she was acting so weird. And I was like, what is wrong with you right now? <laughs> You're acting so erratic. And then she just was out of it. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's, that's her she
3: said we booked one-way yes.
2: tickets we
3: did at that <laughs> and we same... left
2: three months later yeah
3: but <laughs> that, that same weekend we booked one-way <laughs> tickets uh we wrote down our itinerary on a napkin at a diner and then we were off three months later we intended to be gone for a whole year but because of covid we actually had to come home about seven months early so we're currently home No, seven months into our trip yeah five months early mm-hmm. yeah sorry <laughs> um and we actually have some plans coming up to get back out there traveling now that we're vaccinated and we can do that.
2: Vaxed and waxed, baby! Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, for each of you, what is one thing you're loving right now? Uh, well, I am loving okay well two things the summer weather and also i got these new socks that have all these smiley faces on them and they bring me (laughs) so much joy they're from (laughs) and it's like the simplest most ridiculous thing but i love them (laughs)
3: um i am currently loving planning trips again because it's something we haven't been able to do for a long time and we have a lot of really exciting travel upcoming this summer and it's so exciting to you know look at hotels and like make the like plane reservations and everything and i've just really been loving that
1: yeah um so who is your biggest inspiration would you say
2: i think it rotates for me there's so many amazing female icons um i guess i have two that come to mind uh ty haney who is the founder of outdoor voices she is just Amazing, follow her and uh Whitney Cummings, a woman who just paved the way for other females in showbiz, comedy, but just basically not letting the old boys' club rule the roost
3: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot, but the one that comes to mind right now is um the blonde abroad she's a travel blogger and she was the very first travel blogger i ever followed um, and has just done a lot of really amazing things and started a whole business helping women get into travel
1: yeah um so what is one piece of advice you have for teenagers right now who are unsure
2: on what they want to do with their lives (laughs) (laughs) um Don't let fear control your life. We have a motto that we try to live by, and of course, there's some concessions, but we basically say live your life with no rules. That means by the beat of your own drum, just do your thing and don't care what other people think or what society tells you to do. I mean, like, plan it out. Like, try, (laughs) don't just do everything on a whim, but, you know, follow your dreams. And uh, as long as you're working hard at what you want to do
3: in life, I think that that's a pretty pretty solid direction cool Um, my answer to that question would be to take a year off and travel I know it's a lot more common in the (laughs) UK but in the US it's pretty uncommon to take a year off when you graduate high school most people just go directly into college or university and I just think it's so beneficial for um, young people to get out there and travel and honestly if you're a teenager like start planning that now like you know, that can take a long, a long time uh, to plan the, the money, the finances, the direction where you're going and all of that. So it's something, you know, I'd consider now.
0: Well, you guys did really well considering we just threw those questions on you. So I love the <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, So you guys have both touched on how you met. But how did you know that you guys would be good traveling partners? Because I feel like you can get along with someone really well, but as soon as there's like a huge frantic situation of packing, traveling, going places, how did you guys
2: know you'd work together? Well, we lived, we did live together. Um, and, you know, we just, I, I think we mesh well as roommates. We listen to each other's needs. Like we're, we are both want the same things I think so that I think that worked really well we had the same goals we have the same travel style which is really important like a lot of people might like travel but you have to be on the same page with what you want out of an experience and we had also planned t- trips previously so I th- I think that that Gave us a really good idea of what we both wanted. Basically, we both want the most <laughs> at the lowest cost. <laughs> so, um, all the experiences, adventure, we're into it. We love, we love hiking, and we we just want you know to do to do the most cool, fun, adventurous things, um, and to make it work
3: somehow. Yeah, and we listen to each other. Yeah ditto ditto to that I will say it's not all like rainbows and flowers we definitely like bicker like an old married couple sometimes um but I think <laughs> because we've known each other so long and we've lived together we kind of know each other's quirks and I, that makes it so much easier on the road
1: yeah so before you both decided to travel full-time what did your lives look like what were you up
2: to uh, I was uh managing a restaurant in our hometown. Um, looking for a way to get me abroad, some sort of new job or something. Um, so this was always something that was on my mind. Uh, my mind was not in Pennsylvania. It was how can I get away from this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... and you'd actually tried a few times. Mm-hmm. Um... I did try. I did try. (laughs) Yeah, you tried to go down to St. Thomas and a hurricane The hurricanes stuck. I don't know if you guys
2: know about those devastating two cat five hurricanes came through the Caribbean. Um, So that kind of, I mean, Mm -hmm. poor little me and my plans really like it devastated their (laughs) communities. It was awful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, short story I tried and, and it failed, but. Um, Lauren had a very glamorous life in
3: Chicago. <laughs> I did. I was living in Chicago <laughs> with my boyfriend. I had worked really, really hard to get into the position that I was, and I quite literally had my dream job at a PR firm um, in Chicago. I was working at like one of the main office buildings, um, lived in a beautiful apartment, and like life was good, but it just felt like something was missing, and I knew exactly what that thing was, and it was travel. Hmm. so would you say it was hard to give up especially for that like was it hard to give up that absolutely lifestyle? 100% you're totally like even though I wanted it so bad you're going outside of your comfort zone and you know everything that you've built your life up to to make yourself so comfortable and successful like you're basically putting yourself in a situation where you're taking all of those safety nets away um but Rachel and I talk about this a lot I think the absolute hardest part of this entire journey is that first step
2: Yeah, Mm, booking those first flights. And you have to do it. You have to do something that's concrete and, like, put money down on it or else it's too easy to, like, well, talk yourself out of it and be like, well, is it really a good idea? I can do this in a year from now. (laughs) It's like, no. I mean, you have to plan it financially and everything, but, I mean, no no excuses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so what were your major concerns before you kind of went on the road, like what were the main things you were worried about, would you say?
2: Um. Uh, definitely, I mean, we, we both got um, part-time remote work before we left. So that was mm-hmm. our number one concern was that we had, cause we uh, traveled doing a hybrid model of working 20 hours a week, which is not as common. A lot of people save up just a lot of money and then they just travel uh, and they don't really work, which is great. I mean, it's a very viable model, but it's not sustainable. And we wanted to do something where we could work and continue to travel maybe as long as we wanted to. Um, so finding and keeping our part-time jobs and like uh, working, you know, across the world, that was definitely a huge concern. Um, we made it work. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: talking a bit more about the finances of traveling um you're saying you're working part-time um was there any other considerations you had to make um in terms of you know if you couldn't get work or if there was some sort of like obstacle like language barriers for example
2: well I don't I I don't know what would have happened if one of us didn't get uh, a remote job I I I actually don't know the answer to that because we both happened to get them like really quickly. Um, But uh, we actually, we have a website. We have a a blog post about how to um, afford long-term travel. And some of our tips are getting, investing in a travel credit card that accrues points with every purchase you make. So you can use them on flights and hotels. Um, That was a huge thing for us. Um, Monthly Airbnbs, game changer. Like we, we always use this example of we had we rented a house in Tuscany for a month for $440. And then we no split way. that for a month. So like, yeah. you wow. know, oh, it's, it's amazing. kind of like our, our, like something that example. feels illegal
3: to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I actually consecutively spend more money monthly in the United States than I ever did abroad. Hmm. Um, yeah. Other than that, barriers. I don't think we really had many issues with language barriers. If you download the Google Translate uh, language of where you're going, you can literally talk into Google Translate, and it'll speak whatever language you put into it. And that has been what or was a huge help for us. Um, yeah. Other than that, I guess the only barriers and challenges we faced were COVID itself. <laughs> Oh, God,
2: COVID <laughs> was the unexpected barrier that, that really uh, derailed some things. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this is a weird
0: question, but even though obviously you had Google Translate, did you guys ever feel quite anxious about having to talk to people in their language and worried that they wouldn't be able to understand you? Because stuff like that makes me quite
2: nervous. Body language is a huge thing. I think in most cases, even if they don't speak English and in a lot of areas where if there's a lot of tourism Mm -hmm. you're gonna find somebody who speaks English for the most part but people really like want to understand you like we we would sit at these little restaurants on the side of the road in Vietnam and they were like little children's uh plastic tables and chairs like stools and we would eat our our dinner or whatever they didn't speak any English but they they knew what we wanted. They were, like, willing to, like, work with us. They'd, like, hold up a bottle and be like, yes or no. You know, like, <laughs> they, they want to communicate with you somehow. Like, most people yeah. are pretty, pretty willing to to make it work. As long as you are. I mean, the worst thing is to be a yeah. stupid English-speaking person and expect people just mm. to to mm. speak English. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, aside from financial focus in terms of struggles, was there anything else you felt you had to do to prepare for this sort of lifestyle or something you'd encourage others to do that they might not think of?
3: Um, well, for one thing, I guess to prepare, it can be a couple months before you go. Um, be sure to go visit a doctor and get the appropriate vaccines and medications. Um, that's something we didn't really think of until we were like almost, you know, ready to go. And at least in the U S it can be thousands of dollars. It's not covered by insurance. It's really expensive. Um, and you just want to make sure that you're prepared in that way. Um, did you guys
0: have to set yourself a certain amount of time in each place you visited or did you kind of just plan as you went along so when you went to one country you thought actually I really like it and stay here for
2: three months and then think about that later so we actually planned the first six months of our trip before we even left we had all of the accommodations booked <sighs> before we left so that we did know. We, I mean, the day we wrote down, we sat down in the diner and wrote our itinerary out on the diner napkin. We kind of plotted it out and then we flushed it out with Airbnbs that we could find. Things changed, but um, yeah, I mean, we're planners. We love to plan, but we did have to learn some some, some Same. on-the-go <laughs> stuff. But even even on our on-the-go stuff, we at least had plane tickets and a place to stay, in most cases before we got there
3: we kind of had several long-term airbnbs set up and then in between those airbnbs we might have had like a week or two to play with and i guess those were our times that were a little less planned or were planned later but we did have those like concrete airbnbs that we knew we had already mm. so whilst you were
1: traveling did you ever feel that like you had some moments where you just wanted to go home or you just wanted to settle down and wanted to stop traveling? <laughs> I
2: have one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's when we got into a motorbike accident in Bali and we had to go to the oh. hospital there and I had to get stitches in my knee. And there was a moment that I was like, I wish I was in at home in an American hospital and I wish my mom was here. <laughs> um, yeah, But it was pretty brief but
3: it, there was a moment <laughs> <laughs> um, i actually never really wanted to go home i i personally never like had those moments i was actually like very 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 devastated to learn um, that we were going to have to come home because of covid i definitely cried i was very upset
1: <laughs> mm. yeah so could you talk a bit
3: more about how covid and the pandemic kind of stopped your travels. Of course. So we were in um, (laughs) Vietnam on a boat cruise in Ha Long Bay, and we were actually um, on the boat and on an island for three days, and when we got back to the shore, our phones just reached service, and we were getting all these text messages asking if we were okay, because we were in Vietnam, which is quite close to China, and our parents, our grandparents, our friends, whoever, were texting us saying, oh my gosh, did you hear about the coronavirus are you coming home what are you doing um and at first I think the only thing we really had to compare it to was SARS um and it didn't even have a name yet no it did not have a name we only could compare it to SARS and if you know anything about SARS it was quite (laughs) deadly it's something I I'm not going to give you the statistics because I don't know it off the top of my head but being infected with SARS like could very much be a death sentence not that COVID isn't but it's it's very deadly it's uh, a large percentage of people who get it die um so we were quite scared and uh chinese new year was right around the corner and they actually celebrate uh chinese new year the lunar new year uh throughout all of asia in vietnam it's called tet it's just the lunar new year and a lot of chinese people travel for the lunar new year specifically to vietnam so um we were going to go to some celebrations and we were quite scared to go enter crowds knowing that um you know, people from China were potentially coming there and potentially were carrying it. Uh, we did go anyways, and we were absolutely fine. We continued to travel for several months. It was always, to be honest, for the first couple of months, kind of like a joke. Like, it was there, um, but no one was really that concerned about it. Um, we really barely wore masks in the airport. Like, it just wasn't really... A thing. Um, no one was. I mean, no. nobody
2: understood mm-hmm. what it was doing, and there was a mixed information coming out of China. So we thought, we were like, oh, we're young and healthy, and this is what everybody thought, and all the backpacker community in, in Asia. Um, we're like, oh, we're, we're fine, which of course we know now is not <laughs> true.
3: Yeah. Um, but by the time we got to India, um, the hostel started requiring. Uh, paperwork from the airport saying that your temperature has been taken and you were cleared for COVID. And I think that was kind of the first, like, oh, you know, this, something's happening, this isn't good. But we continued our journey and we intended to go to New Zealand and Australia. And as you know, New Zealand and Australia closed their borders very quickly. And at that time, it's really hard to explain now, but at the time, it seemed like South America was the best option. And in the news of the world there were virtually no cases in South America no one was concerned with covid so we decided to make a jump over to Argentina and the US
2: was bad at that point so yeah. we we're like well we're not going back to the US where it's even worse if this is like this huge concern and we're like this whole thing will mm-hmm. blow over in like a month or two we'll just get another mm-hmm. monthly airbnb and you know we'll go hiking and mm-hmm. we'll resume our travels the way they were supposed to be <laughs> yeah 5 right.
3: days into being in chile we left. <laughs> we had to come home. It was, it was pretty, Aww. it was pretty abrupt. Unfortunately, we had made our way 10 hours by bus down to a small town in Chile and planned to be there for a month and had to find our way all the way back to the U.S., which was Aww. not fun. It was, it was yeah. a mad
2: dash. It was a mad dash. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's insane, it sounds like something straight out of a movie, and I remember as well, like, no one took it seriously, so it was hard to know what to do, because I'm sat here surprised you guys kept travelling, but obviously, at the time, I remember I heard about it, and then I went and had my 18th birthday party, (laughs) and it's like... (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, (laughs) our, our, our whole thing now, like, we would never condone international travel i yeah, mean now have like, the vaccination so it's things are starting to look differently yeah. but like mm. you know it, once we came home we were like you know if you, we looked at you funny if you were like yeah i'm traveling you know i'm going to mexico stuff like that.
0: we're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. out of curiosity how long do you guys think it would be until you start traveling
3: again well we're it's coming up day. um we have some u.s travel planned for next month actually but um, middle of July, we are going to Mexico for a whole month, um, and we're really excited about it. Well, as to young women traveling,
0: how do you guys make sure that you stay safe? It's a great
3: question. Um, we get <laughs> um, so <laughs> we like to say um, a lot of people will tell you not to travel to specific countries because they're not safe for women, and we think that's not... Act, you're accurate. And there are some places that you just need to think five steps ahead. Uh, for example, when you book a flight and book accommodations, if you're in a place that's maybe known for not being so great to women, how are you getting from the airport to the hotel or hostel? Like, how can you ensure that you have a safe ride there? So I think you can absolutely go to these places and stay safe, but you just have to be thinking five steps ahead constantly.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I'm always big, (laughs) Lauren will laugh, (laughs) I am huge on gut feelings. Like, if something does not feel right (laughs) in your gut, like, something is wrong. Like, something, so you're picking up on some subliminal message, and you need to, like, either extricate yourself from that situation, or find a safe haven or something, because, like, I think the number one lesson for women traveling is trust your intuition. Um, You know yourself better than anyone um and you know like you can do everything to keep yourself safe and we carried something called a door jammer with us so that we could basically keep our door closed uh even if somebody had a key from the other side or broken or whatever it wouldn't open um you can be as safe as you want i mean sometimes it just comes down to wrong place wrong time and I mean, like I said, we're not living our lives out of fear. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're safe. We're very safety centric. But at the end of the day, you know, there's only so much you can do.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so horrible as well that you even have to take the safety precautions to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad, though, that you guys are keep going because I know that for me traveling, that would be something that would make me nervous traveling as a woman on my own.
2: But, um, I need to live by your motto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, also like if you've never traveled before, like I'm all for solo female travel. I've done Mm. it. Lauren's done it. Um, but if you're really uncomfortable with that, figure out a way to find a buddy or, Mm. you know, uh, make sure you're traveling with like people in your hostel and stuff like that. Like you don't have to be alone if that makes you like uncomfortable to the point where you're not going to enjoy yourself. Um, yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so when you guys are traveling do you have any advice to make sure that you're respecting particular cultures and communities before you actually arrive at that place
3: yeah i absolutely love this question um so i think first of all google goes a long way i think there's plenty of articles out there that tell you you know what are um like what are things you should know before you go to this country? And the majority of the time that information is quite reliable. And I think once you're actually on the ground, whether you're staying at an Airbnb, a hotel or a hostel, I think in some way, shape or form, you'll have access to a local, whether it be someone who works in the hostel or your Airbnb host and just like ask them, are you know, is there any considerations that I should know coming here as a foreigner I think taking their word over anyone else's will be best and there are just some things you know that you'll you'll just have to accept for example a lot of places we've been you're required to wear specific dress to go into you know different religious places and um, basically I guess my advice is never to like scoff at it just do exactly what they say because your it's not your home it's their home and you're um just there as an observer and need to respect it
2: and they normally make hmm. it fairly obvious like they're not trying to like play any tricks or make it like a secret like they're normally like this is what you have to do and they normally have like rentals or like in um bali they'll have rental sarongs um and they make it they've got signs like you can't do this or yeah. you can do this yeah um,
3: hmm. um big tip, would highly recommend buying an oversized scarf if you're going to Asia. I guess it's important in Europe too, but a lot of places require you to either cover your shoulders or your knees. Uh, you know, same goes for like Europe and churches yeah. and whatnot. So I think pack is, a midi dress. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that is huge.
2: Yeah.
1: What would you say has been maybe the biggest culture shock for you or the place that you visited is maybe? been so different
2: to what you've ever experienced before Hmm. (laughs) Lauren may have a different answer I think for me and we were lucky because we eased into Asia I'd never been to Asia before this trip so we went to Bali which is kind of like they make it really easy for Westerners they basically cater to all your needs and then we went to Vietnam after that and I think if we hadn't had that step I would have been really really shocked in in Vietnam Uh, Because they cook meals on the side of the road. I mean, it's amazing. I love it. Like, I'm so, I just love it so much. I miss it all the time. But, you know, it's very strange. And not a lot of people Mm -hmm. speak English unless um, you're specifically going to, like, a tourism type business. Um, Most of Mm -hmm. them don't. But they're willing
3: to work with you. I mean, it's just very different. (laughs) Yeah yeah i think um the whole country of india is a huge culture shock no matter how traveled you are it is just like completely different from anywhere i've ever been it's very chaotic um i personally was really worried because i don't love spicy food but i in my experience um i never had anything that was too spicy i think they, um, you know, see people who look like us walk in and maybe don't put as much spice in the dishes that they're giving us. Um, <laughs> but it's funny
2: because I kept asking for spice and they wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. But we were in the north, we weren't in the south, and we hear that the south is spicier, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, right. But yeah, yeah. Col- India, I f- almost forgot about India. <laughs> it was <a> huge culture shock. <laughs> they ride horses in the middle of the street and there's like cows grazing. I mean, everything... <sighs> you've heard about india that's similar to that is totally true (laughs) (laughs) right
1: yeah (laughs) um so we found you on tiktok so what made you want to bring your experiences and knowledge to social media to educate others
2: Well, we were really lucky that we had each other, you know, to, to basically, um, learn these things with each other. And also we realized how difficult it it is in some cases for women to pursue solo female travel or adventure travel. Mm -hmm. And so basically we just want to like get our knowledge out there to help other women who want to do the same thing, because we know from experience that it's not always easy. And that oftentimes you're underestimated or told not to do it. Um, especially Americans, it's different in the UK, but Americans just don't travel. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and they definitely don't travel like what we did. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know anybody else, like, very personally that's done what we did. Uh, and that's not to toot our own horn. I, like, want there to be more of us. Um, so that's why we do what we mm. do.
1: Yeah. So... Do you have a traveling highlight
3: or memory that sticks out that you could tell us about? Oh, so many. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give one and yeah. I'll let Rachel give one if that works. Um, okay, I'll go with one that um, I actually did by myself. Rachel went home for Christmas and I decided to go to the Flores, which is an island region in Indonesia, and I went on a solo uh, boat cruise with, like, 20 other people. I think there was one American on the boat, and that was it. Everyone else was from all around the world. Um, and it was just a small wooden boat, and we slept on, you know, uh, mattresses in the middle of this wooden boat in the middle of the ocean. And it was just, like, totally magical. Um, we got to see Komodo dragons and um, go see pink sand beaches and just experience all these incredible things and it was just so cool to have that experience with a group of strangers on christmas in the middle of the ocean (laughs) i i just loved it
2: Uh, i'm so indecisive i hate choosing things because they're (laughs) like they i i really hate pitting themselves or against each other comparing them but i will choose one um, we did the Ha Giang Loop in Vietnam, and I've never done anything like it before. Um, and it's just the epitome of adventure. You're on, well, we got what they're called easy riders, so we did not drive ourselves. We were on the back of a motorcycle with a Vietnamese tour guide, which, If I would say 100%, it's the way to go. Um, (laughs) But it was, it's just the most, it was just the most incredible thing. You're in this rural area of Vietnam where there's these tribal villages and the way of life is just so different. Even from like the city in Vietnam, it's like, you know, what it would have been 30 years ago. It's untouched. It's, it was just incredible. And it was like a three day motorcycle loop. So, um, it was quite the journey
1: yeah well you're not gonna like my next question either what's been your it's okay I know it's coming (laughs) where has been your favorite place to visit so far Lauren can I go first yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) because I don't want you to take it because I already have the idea and I already (laughs) hate these questions so I'll say the most unique place uh, we went and the place that I think we looked forward to the most was uh, a country called Bhutan um, and it's also coincidentally the most expensive destination because you are forced to go through a tourism agency um, which is really not that expensive considering what other people s- spend for vacations but for us because we were traveling full-time it was a lot of money mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's such a a beautiful country the the tourism is like completely controlled by the country and you have they only give out so many visas so you don't have to worry about contributing to over tourism or overuse and it's just a beautiful um, country they've got uh, monastery or uh, Buddhist monasteries and they still have a royal family um, and it's just it's such a unique destination. And there's only like 10 pilots that are certified to to fly into their main airport because you have to fly through the Himalayas. And it's, it was, I mean, we
3: thought we were like, this plane is going down
2: <laughs> and they, knew, they
3: know what they're doing. We, we actually were flying over the Himalayas and it was sunrise, so the sun was just coming up. And I, this was my first time seeing the Himalayas. And I actually like a tear started to come down on my cheek cause it was just so pretty. And the pilot got on the speaker and said, okay see that big mountain in the middle and we were like uh huh and he was like oh that's Mount Everest and it was just like <laughs> unreal yeah um I guess my I, I have a hard time picking um I like to make like lists I my top countries are definitely um India, Vietnam Italy I'm, I, I'm not gonna pick more those are my top three and that's it <laughs> <laughs> have there been any
0: places where you found some like hidden gems so something that's like super cool or like a location that no
2: one ever really talks about all over all (laughs) over these places exist it's just if you do enough research you're gonna uncover something I mean Mm. uh which we have some recommendations for finding them I mean because there's too many hidden gems to list um (laughs) I mean if you go to a country that's a little bit less touristed you're gonna find more of them Um, but, uh, Lauren always goes to her Facebook groups. Um, she's a, she's big into Facebook groups. Meanwhile, I have got like 200 tabs open with different blog posts trying to like cross reference the, you know, the places it's, I think it really comes down to research and then just talking to people. Um,
3: hostels are great too. I sit at a Uh, hostel bar for an hour and I guarantee you will find something like someone even if you don't stay there yeah (laughs) they most they they all have bars (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) um so how do you guys speaking of like you know make sure you're going to less touristy places how do you guys find the best places to go to that aren't popular tourist destinations
3: um i think as we said like facebook groups are a big one uh for me um blog posts honestly i think Instagram is a great resource too. If you look up like hashtags on Instagram or follow different bloggers, I know we both use the save function on Instagram and we have like folders of things saved from different places that we want to go. So then when we go book that trip, we'll just open up that folder and you can see all of the beautiful places with a picture um, and just click on it and find the location and see if it's feasible for your trip.
2: And I also think it's really mm-hmm. hard for us to answer this question Um completely because we're so saturated in the uh travel community so we see things come up a lot but to like the ordinary person they may not know about it at all but you Mm -hmm. know like we see it we see it all the time because that's we're so involved so i have to kind of extricate myself from that sometimes and be like wait i actually don't think this is as popular as we think it is or like <laughs> you know as, as well touristed but i also want to say that the touristy places are often touristy for a reason and it's not yeah. to say um like that they it won't be mad crowds and it might be a little bit claustrophobic but I would say way wire might not be wanting to go to that place. Um, we normally do go to the, the big places as well. Um, as long as it has some sort of like significance like that, that photo op in Tulum. It's a no from us. I, I hope everybody who's listening knows what I'm talking about, but it's just so absurd. I don't, it's just like an Instagram park from what I understand, but somewhere like the Taj Mahal, worth it like go
3: to the Taj Mahal yeah. go at
2: Sunrise because there's less people although there were still a ton of people when we went at
3: Sunrise <laughs> we, we actually have a friend who spent like six months in India and he was leaving as we got there and he had not gone to the Taj Mahal during his whole six months in India Just is wow. <laughs>
0: Do you guys, because you said like everything's so saturated right now, like everywhere I see, everything seems so, so expensive. So, are there any places that are deemed too expensive, but you found a way around it to make the trip and experience more affordable?
3: Sure, yeah. I think monthly Airbnbs are a big save. Uh, Like we said, like I wouldn't classify Italy as an entirely cheap place to go, but to find an Airbnb Mm. that cheap, Cuts out all of your accommodation costs, and you just have to worry yeah. about getting around and food, really. Um, so I you think you can
2: make it cheaper.
3: Yeah, sure. yeah. We we're big proponents of you can always make it cheaper, and we were very big in planning and not sacrificing anything. So if we found a place um, that we thought was a bit too expensive, we might just choose to spend a little bit less time there.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's it's the the other thing that uh, we've. Seen. and we did actually do uh, a two-week stint, is something called Woofing. It's the Worldwide Opportunities for Organic Farming. Don't quote me on that exact (laughs) uh, wording, (laughs) but uh, it's basically where you go, you help out on an organic farm, and they... Feed you, they put you up, but you're not working about like part time in most cases. Uh, not in our case. Um, and then you get time <laughs> off to go explore the area. And I know this is a way that a lot of people travel in more expensive places for a lot cheaper. Mm. Um, and each country has their own woof organization. There's definitely some countries that make it easier. There's um, to to find a place and have like almost a review system. Um, but beyond that, I, th- I think there is a base level cost that you like cannot get cheaper than mm-hmm. um, in some of these expe- expensive places. So like what Lauren said, just spend less time there. It's not that you cut it out altogether, mm-hmm. it's just, and then you spend more time in the cheaper countries. And that's pretty much what we did. Um...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the, the kind of tourist destinations, has there has there been anywhere you've been that's super popular that you were underwhelmed by that you didn't think was as good as the photos (laughs)
3: yeah Um, a few i guess to kick it off um we'll start with in bali there's a very famous temple pictures all over instagram of this beautiful temple overlooking the mountains with a reflective lake uh behind you um and we wanted to go. We got there. The temple itself is very beautiful, but the photo. There's no lake. There's a guy who will take pictures for you who holds a mirror in front of his phone to create a reflection, and um, the wait times because there's so many people there. We waited over an hour to get a photo. It was like two hours. Yeah, yeah, it was like a ridiculously long time. And
2: the joke is on Instagram and. Instagrammers because the rest of i mean it's a it's it's a photo destination for a reason it is beautiful and it has really large spiritual significance for the um balinese hindus but the entire mountain if there's like several temples that are very cool and you walk around and see them but most people don't walk around to see the other temples um
3: so it's worth it to go, but maybe don't wait for the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind too. Um, the thing itself is very cool. Um, we did spend some time in Cambodia and went to Angkor Wat. Um, Angkor Wat itself we think is very cool, but the surrounding area and everything else about the experience it, it's terrible. <laughs> it, um, Siem
2: Reap is just a party town. It was. It was built just for westerners to come do angkor wat come home party like it's <sighs> like cancun but mm. i mean i can't Anchor wat is so cool See him reap is just there's no other reason
3: yeah. <laughs> we were good. like we should have just spent a day there and left and gone down to the islands or something i i would not have spent more time there i think i think i remember we struggled to find cambodian food we really wanted to eat cambodian food and we like could not find it And they were like, margaritas? Um, I (laughs) am like, I guess. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: So to finish off, what are your future goals? Obviously, you've got more travel planned. um, But beyond that, do you think you're going to travel for quite a while still or settle down?
3: Or do you have any other future goals you want to achieve? I can start, sure. So um, I guess to start, our model has kind of changed. I don't think we're going to continuously travel forever. I think we both kind of want home bases in the U.S. um, And we want to be able to just take travel stints whenever we want. I think that'll be more than the two-week vacation that Americans get per year and that's it. I think we'll probably be gone for long periods of time um, to different places uh, in different stretches. But yeah, I think we'll... A couple months
2: on, a couple months off a couple months on, a couple months off, kind mm. of model. Um, but all of this is working towards our larger goal um, of creating a tourism company uh, directed at women and women trying to break into adventure travel um, and kind of creating a little girl gang. Um, so <laughs> what we would love is if women came on our trips and then they found their travel bestie and then they get to go travel with each other Um, because what we find is it's so hard because people want to travel but none of their friends want to do the same thing but they Mm. can meet people that are like them um, at our little on our little trip Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we
3: follow a lot of travelers who do um, you know something similar they do tour groups but we find that they're just so expensive like so unreasonably expensive and not to say that they shouldn't be they just pick like the most luxury option for everything, where they eat, where they stay, which is great, but I think we kinda wanna take the approach of um, making it a little more affordable for everyone to help women break into the space.
2: So, so people who were like us would like want to go and be able to afford to go um, and not be something mm. they regret spending the money on, cause it's just so much money. <laughs> but they still yeah. have a valuable experience.
1: Um, yeah. I think that's great as well because I I agree. I feel like going on like a holiday or vacation (laughs) for for like a week or two weeks is not a very big commitment. But travelling for a longer period of time, I'd say, is... um, And especially when you've got to find someone to do it with, you're not only giving up stuff for yourself, but you're asking them to do the same. So I really like what you guys are doing there. So where can people find you if they want to look up your social media where
2: can they find you both? So, uh, we have an Instagram at Rach and Lore Explore, um, and our handle is the same on our TikTok. Um, we have we do have a Facebook, but there's it's just repeats of what you see on Instagram. <laughs> really, those are our two main things. We do have a blog um, that we are inconsistent bloggers we're very consistent on instagram and tiktok (laughs) but our website needs some love but there are still some great tips like the blog post that i mentioned before um uh, that we have you know how to prepare for travel once the pandemic is over uh how to afford long-term travel there's all sorts of stuff also we didn't get to in this conversation but lauren and i um bought and converted a van last summer it was kind of like our plan B after we were sent home so that we could safely kind of do a little bit of road tripping in the U S. And so anybody who's interested in that, we have resources on that. So, and we're always open for DMS. We, we check them all the time and we're very responsive. So if you have questions, just ask us.
1: (laughs) Great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Um we've learned so much and it's definitely inspired me post pandemic <laughs> to get out into the world. <laughs> so thank you very much and as for us we will see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. If you want to find us elsewhere, you can follow our Instagram at the Little Women Podcast, where you can ask future guest questions, hear about new episodes coming up, and also see what we get up to behind the scenes. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, and give us a five-star rating. We upload every other Sunday, so we'll see you then for a brand new episode.